How you doing, brother? What's up, Jason? Good to see your face again. You too. You too. It's mm-hmm. only been, what, two days? Not even that? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even, uh, I hit the ground running right after you left, so I've worked every day since. What, 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 what are you working on? Uh, those cars with that construction company, they got all oh. that overspray. Okay. Yeah, so I uh, worked this morning uh, and then went worked out and came back and trying to trying to finish those uh, as quickly as possible because we have the Bel Air for the rest of the week uh, after tomorrow. So, Are you going to do the interior? Yeah, so we decided that we could probably, this is probably good for the, the podcast, actually, sure. I think. Um, <clears throat> so maybe we should just jump right in. Or do you guys, I, I do want to, well, I'll talk about the Bel Air. So anyways, we're, yeah. we're going to cut the windshield out because the seals are probably oh. shot anyways. So yeah. we can cut the windshield out, get inside. Okay. Pull okay. the panels off and then cut the, you know, grind the, the latches off. If, um, okay, if cool. No other way to, to loosen them up. So, oh, right on. Yeah. And then uh, we're going to see um, if we can't, we're going to take the, the belts off, see if we can't get the, the pulleys to turn, see if what pulleys are locked up. They're probably all locked up and then see if okay. the actual engine's locked up. And right. then if we can make a move, um, you know, pull the gas line, stick it in a bottle full of fuel and, and uh, put some new sparks and, and some oil and, and see if we can't get it to turn. Um, so that's that's the goal for this week. Uh, and then uh, we're going to, uh, you know, depending on how negotiations work with um, the owner, uh, figure out if it's going to be able to be sold to Robbie or somebody else that would do a restoration that we could collaborate with. So, Oh, dude, Robbie's text me nonstop. He wants it bad. <laughs> I thought when he texted me at the airport when I called you, I knew you are on your uh, dinner. But I was like, Robbie's, I'm like, are you kidding? He's like, no, I'm totally serious. I want the car. So he <laughs> is hot yeah, to trump. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even if, uh, say we buy for 10 and he buys it for 12, that's fine. You know, we don't yeah. need to make a ton of money. Uh, it'd be cool to just, uh, sure. you know, link up with him. And and because uh, in his case, he's going to make 25 plus the restoration and the sale of it. So he's going to do. Just no, he wants to give it away. He wants to, uh, so he wants to build it and give it away. Mm-hmm. That's what he's. That. That's what he's doing with the charger with the Hellcat motor is doing. And he just texted me. We've been talking nonstop. He's got a '71 Blazer that uh, uh, a fan of theirs donated to them. That he's building and giving that away too. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That means he's making so much from YouTube that the money from the videos is going to greatly outweigh the amount of money it would, it would that, he would be able to make by restoring it. So that, that's what cool. he's thinking. So, so, But he definitely wants to do because I think he would want to come pick it up from you and do a collab video then and then right. Makes sense. do more collaborations because he, he definitely knows who you guys are now. So, you know, cool. it's putting the dots together. Right. And that's what I'll have to talk with Brent. Uh, and I don't know how quickly Robbie would be able to fly out and whatnot, because what we might have to do is have the Bonneville be a buffer in between and then have him come the following weekend or maybe even just FaceTime him if we need to get the video out this week. And, and I don't know. And then he can shoot content. We can give him the plug. And when we do our second, then he can come out and he can shoot content with us when he goes to post it. So we'll, we'll one way or another, we'll figure it out. But I'm excited. Yeah, well, I got a, I got a question. Cool. I got a question. Yeah. We're all here together. We're working on this podcast and talking about um, the future. And I, I had a question specifically for you, RJ, about how you guys pick up, like, how do you guys go about finding these cars? 
like and maybe yeah. you can share ex specifically the experience with the bel air uh and uh, like how do you guys even get going with that because like, yeah, so, like that's like a big part like oh my gosh you guys found this old car to begin with tell us how that all comes to be well and the funny thing is at the beginning we had to search for the cars and now the cars find us mm -hmm. um the reputation that we have in our city uh and our you know cleveland's a pretty small big city but you know the surrounding areas we me and Brent both born and raised here. Um, wow. I've been detailing cars for over 10 years in the area. Um, and uh, when we started the YouTube, initially we were giving like discounts to people for disaster details. So mom minivans and, um, uh, you know, muddy Jeeps and stuff, or we would even do them, you know, for free. Uh, that's how we would get the cars in. And um, that's like, I guess the genesis of how we started to find the cars. And then, you know, people started realizing, oh wow, these guys will do details for either you know, free or really, really cheap. Um, so the words are to travel in that regard. And then we realized <clears throat> that the videos that did the best were either, uh, there's two factors, there's condition and there's um, the enthusiast, enthusiasm behind the vehicles. Sure. So, you know, there's it's kind of a sliding scale. It's kind of a, a, a graph, you know, the X and Y. And mm -hmm. it's funny because the points actually meet. The car can either be, you know, it could be a Lamborghini Countach, so super, right. you know, uh, one of the dream cars that everyone had on their poster when they were younger uh, on their bedroom wall. Uh, and it doesn't need to be all that dirty in comparison sure. to a Chevy Malibu, a 2010 Chevy Malibu, which is our biggest video ever, which um, obviously not much enthusiasm behind that car, but it was moldy and it was completely green and it was this absurdity and no one had seen something like that be clean. So, right. um, anywho... Once we kind of figured out how that worked, we searched uh, very specifically. We tried to, you know, obviously have the highest data point on the graph, you know, the most enthusiasm for the car and the most, the, the worst condition possible. And uh, over time, you know, we started to um, do well enough on YouTube that we could actually, in order to make people move quickly, uh, right. is, we, we started to pay them <laughs> to right. detail their cars. Then we bought a trailer because uh, we were having the cars towed initially. Uh, and very quickly realized that $200 a tow one way and then back <laughs> 400 bucks per car isn't really uh, uh, sustainable. So uh, bought a trailer, it paid for itself, and in like, shoot, probably like three or four weeks, we towed eight or 10 cars with it. Um, so now it's yeah. just, yeah. And now at this point in our smaller towns that we've grown up in the suburbs around uh, Cleveland, um, you know, we're definitely not celebrities by any means, but people know us as like the detail guys. They'll do it for free. If you have a car, blah, 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 they'll pay you. So it's kind of a little bit of like a mystique. And, uh, but and it's but easier, easier. we were out to dinner. And <laughs> like someone the came... only time that's ever happened. <laughs> we, ever happened. We were out to dinner, Maddie, and, and some older guy comes up to RJ and goes, hey, I watch your <laughs> channel. Like, yeah. And RJ's, dude, that's never happened. I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, like kids from high school that I grew up with. Sure, you know, sure. Absolutely. They know me or they peripherally, peripherally, it's a hard word to say, knew me. So sometimes they'll come out of the blue. Dude, I watch your videos all the time. But a complete stranger to pop yeah. up and, and say, in a, in a setting that's not SEMA or a detail, yeah. automotive enthusiast, uh, you know, uh, organization, um, for it to be a complete stranger in public, that was actually and, the only time it's ever happened. <laughs> and really and funny. he was an older gentleman too. 
Yeah, he's a he's a funny little guy. I should say little guy. He was a shorter guy, but he was a little awkward, uh, and I could tell because I was like, "Oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate that you watched the videos." And I think he was a little flustered, but he was super kind. And the fact that anyone even recognizes me and, and wants to even say hello is, is mind blowing. You know, we just, it's we it's are, it's your it's your uh, patented beanie that you wear, RJ. <laughs> yeah, the beanie or the hat, depending on uh, how cold the day is. Um, yeah, it's, uh, well, it's while funny. you're talking about this, the whole time the thing that keeps coming to my mind is like you were saying that we're like while you're spewing all this stuff, which I love, you were saying that we were offering discounts for disaster details, right? <laughs> which is kind of like to me like unorthodox. Like, all right, like tell you what, you you neglected your car and you beat the shit out of it for years. We're gonna give you a discount for being <laughs> neglectful. You know what I mean? Like, like kudos for you guys for kind of like you know riding like i mean what i respect about that is it's like it's doing something different it's going a different direction right everyone's doing this and we're like we're going to go this direction and i think that that's that's pretty cool for you guys to do that type of stuff because it's it's different you know and i think in it in right because detailing it's hard like essentially auto detailing it's like we're doing a lot of the same stuff that it's almost hard to be different you know Mm -hmm. because you're it's like this is what we have to do. We have to clean the car. So I just think it's cool. You know, it's like, yeah, like putting ads out there, like, oh, we'll also do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> and our thing was, it, you know, because we have a pretty tight posting schedule where generally we're cleaning the car on Monday, Tuesday, really, really Wednesday, Thursday, and then, or even Friday, and then Friday night it's edited and Saturday it's up. So we don't have, we have a very quick turnaround. So um, we have to mobilize people to, get these cars for us and to reach out to their old uncle that has uh, something in the garage that has a bunch of dust and somehow convince him, you know, to, to let these guys take the car and then hopefully bring it back in one piece and without the wheels stolen or something, uh, you know, something gone wrong with it. So um, in order to kind of, uh, especially because a lot of these, especially the classic uh, uh, Americana cars, they belong to older you know, older people, which are much more weird and they don't understand YouTube. But when you start sure. saying, I'll give you 500 bucks if you make this happen tomorrow, yeah, they're like, okay, I don't know what these guys are about, but he's flashing money in front of my face and they'll sure. come and they're about sure. it. So they'll give me the $500 cash and I don't have to depend on Medicare. <laughs> <laughs> With the Beller actually, and the guy has been great to us. Uh, he's found us a bunch of cars. One of them was the Viper. Uh, a Dodge Viper that we did that has over almost four plus million views um, and a couple other cars. And he's just been, uh, you know, he answers the phone every time and he's, you know, and Matt, we need a car. Uh, ironically, his name's Matt. Uh, Matt, we need a car. And he's on it and he's a, he's a good guy. So we're actually going to give him uh, $1,000 for the, the Bel Air. So. Well, I mean, you guys are in a good spot too in the Midwest. You know what I mean? Like the Rust Belt, you know, it's there's a lot of That's old sure. cars around. And so it's just like once you feel like it snowballs once you tap into that market and you start kind of making a connection with this guy They're like oh yeah you know we know this person and that person and there's this thing over there and before you know it it's it's all relative you know what i mean and i i think that's super cool because who knows what type of gold mine you guys are sitting on and who knows what type of cars you are going to discover next you know exactly i i'm kind of excited for that because the videos are really awesome you know and and really it, there is a therapeutic value to it you just mm-hmm. kind of just like you sit there and you just veg out and you're just like, mm-hmm. you know, it, that's it, all Brent. I mean, Brent and I actually with Jason here uh, last week 
I sat down while Brent was editing a video, and I know how competent and you know his quality of editing. I know how high it is, um, but also watching him think of how the storyline needs to be developed, the who, what, why, where, when, and how, and also the angles and and how to make it the most outlandish and, and really right. capture kind of the craziness of finding a Bel Air with a garage broken, uh, you know, on totally. top of it. Yeah, and he pull you in and clip, keep you engaged. And he can yeah. do that by taking 45 minutes of raw footage and just thinking, okay, I need to show this, this, and this, pull the clips, bam, 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 and, and like 30 minutes have a, have a, a what do you call it, a, not a teaser reel, uh, a sizzler reel. Uh, that he can post on TikTok or Instagram and something to get people excited for the video. So, well, um, he, this is crowd. how good this is how good Brent is. I he was talking to me, right? Not even looking, and he's typing a full paragraph of what he needs to say for the video. I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, you're not even looking what you're doing. He's like, why? I don't need to. That's how good he is. I love it. He's a don't, robot. He, don't he's tell him that they'll get to his head. <laughs> no, I mean, but I, it, it goes, it's all relative, right? It's like anything else. The more you practice that and the mm-hmm. more you put yourself, because like, you know, here, I enjoy video editing. I'm not great at it, but I'm getting better because I'm doing it more, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it, like, you know, detailing is second nature for me, for me because that's kind of pretty much, you know, the last three decades, what I've done is detailing. That's my, mm-hmm. my thing. But I seek joy in video editing and i think sometimes you know as a content creator you know you sometimes you struggle for a new idea or something like that but the more you do it the easier it gets mm-hmm. right it's really just like anything else you know and we talk about that a lot right with jason with sanding right you got to mm-hmm. practice right yeah like, yeah rj knows that yeah <laughs> i mean so you got to practice so someone like brent that has this time on the job you know really mm-hmm. you know slapping videos together I'm sure if he was on this with us right now, he would probably tell us a lot of the pain points too. We could ask him, be like, "Hey, what what about video editing sucks?" You know, and he'd be like, "Oh gosh, I I remember when I made my first YouTube video, that it took me like sixty or seventy hours to just like make like a thirty second intro because I didn't I didn't know what I was doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so like there was a major learning curve there that I just you know. It was way too much time spent, but I didn't know how to work the software. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to frame it and get everything right. And so there's, you know, it's just time on the job. And I, you learn, you learn by doing, you know. And that's actually the funniest. It's funny you say that because I, I haven't even thought about this. But as we've grown, his editing time has, it's probably plateaued now. But initially, you know, it took him sure. eight hours, nine hours to edit a video. And now it's probably about five to six, depending on the, the video that we're making, sure. the car. But the <laughs> the videos themselves, they actually film them, went from being, uh, you know, a, like five to six hours for just an interior. Uh, and then, you know, sometimes we, when we did the interior next year, it'd be, uh, you know, 10 hours. And right. now it's, the videos are taking, you know, two to three days. So right. the video filming has actually gone twice as uh, double, triple since the beginning. Mm-hmm. But while his editing uh, has gone uh, down significantly, so um, sure. but that's because we're adding, we're trying to add as much more, much more context and sure um, keep people entertained for as long as possible. Because that's how you succeed on YouTube. It's engagement, sure. uh, and and it's how many people are going to click the video and how long are they going to watch it. And that's all YouTube cares about. Right, right, yeah, and that's a that's a 
you know, you have to, I think, put out, you know, you have to have some videos and, and study the analytics, right? The metrics, like what are people watching? What are they responding to? What do they want to see? And, and, and it's, it's putting it all together and figuring it out. And I think in the beginning, you have to try a bunch of different things and see what works, you know? And, and that's it's hard to, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. RJ. Sorry. I was just going to say on that point, it's hard to just not get pigeonholed though. Yeah. Uh, because if you find that one thing that works now, you're afraid to try something else because it might, might bounce you out of the algorithm and it might sink the channel for a little bit. And then you have to climb your way back up. Hmm. And, uh, it, it, it makes it also when these videos take so long to film, you take a chance, it doesn't work out. You just wasted, you know, 25, 30 hours of your life and sure. time and effort and, and all the rest. Sure. So, um, so well, it's, I, a, it's I, a catch 22. It's a catch 22. You guys are doing some great things. And I, I, you know, like with the whole, driven by details podcast is about bringing people together, you know, and sharing stories and all that type of stuff. Because, you know, it, it seems to me like a lot like, you know, there's there's in the modern world, there's a lot of hatred, there's a lot of complaining. And, and especially with detailing, you get people picking on one another mm -hmm. and point fingers and they're like, Oh, this guy that and that person this and there's just a lot of negativity. And I, I think that that's just the world that we live in people. It's easier to be negative than it is to be positive. And to support one another, you know, and so I find like moments like this where industry professionals are coming together to ultimately help each other out. I I think that that's inspiring, you know, and so I, I'm super excited that you know Kilmer got to come out and see you guys, and we're talking about putting together, you know, a training in um, you know sometime in 2023 in the Midwest um, that I don't want to say too much about, but we're kind of a collaboration thing. I think it's great. You know, because it's bringing people together to ultimately better this industry, you know, and I think collectively there's a lot of people in this detailing community that could, we, we could all benefit from kind of making bigger revenues, bigger tickets mm -hmm. per job, you know, and you mm -hmm. still see mobile detail guys out there and people doing these, you know, disaster details and stuff like that for basically nothing, right? Like, you're like, oh, I'm going to, you know, buff your car and clean the interior and do all these things for 150 bucks, you know, and you see these, this burnout rate, this turnover rate with, with people just like, you know, uh, even on the dealership level, you know, you, these people come into the dealership, they work for a dealership for, you know, 25 years as a detail guy and their max pay is 50 grand a year. It's like, can, can we, can these detailers like us? who are breaking their backs and using their arms and abusing their bodies. Can we, can we make more money than $50,000 a year? Don't you think we're worth it? And so I, I kind of feel like, like all of this, the presence of bringing everybody together to tell their stories and to talk about this stuff. I think it will hopefully over time kind of like lift the industry up, you know? Um, I don't know if it'll happen, but at least talking about it is a good way to get started, you know? I think so. And I think the industry is starting to change as social media um, broadcast uh, through this medium, this podcast, we're able to actually talk uh, about how detailing used to be. I, I actually have I've gone through the history of detailing and, and back in the day they used to wear like like suits. It was like this yeah. this high end profession. And, yeah. and it was mm -hmm. um, I mean, not like a doctor on a doctor's level, but I mean, it was respected. And somewhere yeah. along the line, uh, it, it lost its its um, yes. it lost its it lost its uh, respect, and it's it's unfortunate. But I think 
um, you know, through, you know, you guys, uh, you know, Jason has taught me everything him and him and Steve, um, <clears throat> have, uh, have literally taught me everything. And then Jason just coming back out recently, uh, or this past week, you know, and I wet sanded with 1500 grit and removed a significant amount of texture. And I looked at him, I go, dude, screw that. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> that sucks. I'll scuff and buff. I'll use the three K and, and, you know, remove die back and cut and polish with a rotary and a, and a DA. But, um, th like the stuff that you guys do, the show car sanding is insane, but yeah, it's hard to get the public to even understand what that is. Mm -hmm. Um, and truly I think that, um, there's a speed and there's a speed and proficiency that can still yield a very high result the removal mm -hmm. of dieback and, and great gloss and depth and shine and all the rest. Um, and it can be done efficiently if the market understand, if people see the things that we see, or even just a little bit, uh, you know, and start to even understand like right. scratches in their black car and not yeah. to go through a tunnel wash. Um, and then understanding, uh, you know, the importance of maintaining their vehicle, especially when cars are 60, 70, 100. The newest Cadillac uh, Escalade is $150,000. Mm -hmm. 150 grand for, a, for an Escalade. That's crazy. Uh, it's the V, you know, it's the supercharged five, whatever it is. It's huge. But anyways, point being is the cars are getting more expensive. So the maintenance should also be more expensive as well. Right. Um, and I think you guys are doing a great job of, of bringing that to light. And um like Thanks. I said, Jason's a phenomenal teacher and I learned everything from him and he is the only reason why I can do, I've done probably 90% of my polishing in the last, um, three or two and a half years of, of, you know, detailing on YouTube. So that's uh, super cool. RJ, the reason why you're good too, is because you have a good work ethic. Uh -huh. You work from dawn to dusk and RJ doesn't stop until it's done. And RJ is a younger is the younger generation from us, right? He's the next mm -hmm. generation down. Mm -hmm. And there's very few people that have a mindset like RJ, but have the work ethic to follow it. Sure. A lot of people have this, but they don't want to use these. Yeah. And that's what really makes RJ separate himself from other people of his age. Sure. Because yeah. he has that combination and he's very intelligent. He's very business savvy. He taught me some things about business that I'm like, oh, duh. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm quite a bit older than him, you know? Well, so it's, it's just, it. it's good all around. Well, I, there was a quote I remember reading this year. It's like, everybody out there knows something that you don't. Mm -hmm. right and mm -hmm. so and on any level like whatever it is the younger older they all there's something that they can share with you and you can benefit from and and i think a lot of times we we have our guard up and we're just really kind of one-dimensional and we don't want to hear it but if we're like if having an open mind is a really good thing you know mm -hmm. it's hard to do but the more you're kind of open to new ideas i think um Additionally, people don't like to be challenged, you know, mm -hmm. and I think like sometimes people that uh, take on a challenge and I think as detailers, we do that a lot like, right, RJ, do you really want to be scrubbing bubble gum off the carpet? Probably not. Right. You know what I mean? Like in these like, you know, like Kilmer, do you really want to be taking 600 grit to paint? You know, probably not. But, no. you know, there's these things that we have to do. This is our job. This is the stuff that we do. Mm -hmm. And as much as um, as sometimes it can be painful and challenging, 
overcoming that challenge is the reward, mm -hmm. right? It's not even the monetary value of getting a, the paycheck at the end. It's like knowing I can buff that scratch out. Like mm -hmm. I can get that seat to look new. I can get that carpet to look new again. Like I can do all this stuff. And so knowing that a, a lot of times for me, that's a reward. It's not even the money. Like, oh, like the money's a reminder of why we do what we do. Right? Well, here's a prime example now that I can share that the video's out. Um, but there were some things on that 57 that Brent and RJ were like, I don't think so. I'm like, oh, yeah, we can get it out. Not a problem. And they're like, huh? So we did some different techniques and some different procedures. Why? Because I already knew how to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it just explained to them and letting them see what's going on as we do it, mm -hmm. which ends for a better result. But if you don't know or you haven't been around it, you don't know what's possible, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you'll never know if you don't try. Dude, that's the best. You never know if you don't try. And I think, you know, I say that a lot, that getting started is the hardest part. And I, and it's like, I think a lot of times we sit back and we think about something. My old mentor in the music world, he always said, you know, you don't just do something because before you do it, you think about what, mm -hmm. you know, what you're going to do. And I think, I've onboarded that mentality a lot more these days. Like in the old days, I just roll my sleeves and get right to work. But now before a project takes place, I like to kind of almost just sit with it for a second, kind of like play through the, you know, the play by play, like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then I have a little bit more of a realistic timeline and expectation of what I'm doing. Well, and, with that being said too, you've called me on questions. I've oh, yeah. called you on questions mm -hmm. and RJ's has called me on questions. Yeah. So yeah. if you don't know, it's okay, but there's people out there that might have a better idea. They might not know exactly either, but that we can get the conversation going in the right direction. Totally. Uh, what to may be enough. going on. Yeah. To know totally. enough to know you don't know enough mm -hmm. is I think probably one of the best things that I'm, uh, one of the things I'm best at and also to, um, know to be able to read when someone's speaking truth and when they're, they're lying and I can feel motives. And, and anyways, that's been, uh, the things that have, that's, what's pushed me the farthest is to know that there are people that are better at everything in the world than me. Uh, you know, you're never going to be the biggest fish. There's always going to be, even if you are, there's going to be a bigger fish coming down the pipeline eventually to knock no, you off. The, you know, a top. Great point. That's a great point. And I, I really think that, you know, um, last year I worked with a with a client and I remember him calling me on the phone and, and, um, I said to him, I said, I am about to give you a, a, a lot of information. So if at any point you have a question or are confused on something, please slow me down and I'll answer mm -hmm. the question. And, and as time went on, he said to me, worked on the guy's car, um, and I remember the first time I met him in person, we had talked on the phone for about 30 minutes. And when I met him in person, he had a loose leaf paper, like he had a jotted <laughs> down, like he took, he took notes. He took notes <laughs> in our conversation, right? He took notes in our conversation. And I remember him telling me this thing. He said, my father said to me that when you're looking for advice, you need to c consult with one Mm -hmm. or two industry professionals. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. it. Because any more than that, it's just noise. And it gets in the way, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think about that a lot now. And I've seen other detailers, I've had other people 
And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick on anyone to name names, but I've had other people that have trained with us and trained with me and have asked these certain like they call me and they ask for my advice and I give them my advice and then they go out and they seek the the same advice from fifteen different people. Mm-hmm. And and in those situations, I think that that's bad mm-hmm. because like like now you don't even know what's reality or what's what. If you're going to get 15 different answers from 15 different people, it's only going to further make you more confused. Exactly. And that is the problem with social media and all these Facebook groups because yes. of that, yeah. because you're asking people that really it's regurgitated information. Yes. I don't want to know that. I want to know it from the source. Yeah. So like when carpet cleaning, yeah. where are we going to talk to? We're going to talk yeah. to Ruben. Yeah. Yeah. And then RJ tells me, what's this carpet stuff you're using? Oh, I heard it from Ruben. This is the stuff. Yeah. And yeah. it's the stuff. Yeah. Yes. You talk to the people that really know yep. and have a good track record over a long period of time. That's yeah. who you talk to. You the don't need to is... worry about the rest of it. Yeah. Right. And the question is, how do you know? And in this case, Ruben's been doing it for a long time, the carpet cleaning guy. So, you know, he's built his his profession in that in that world. But, um, you know, so many people claim to be more than that they more than they are. And that's when you really need to kind of understand motivation and why someone is saying what they're saying. And that's sure. and unfortunately, you know, so many people and it's happened to me plenty of times mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the last 10 years. I'm definitely not above it. And I'm, I think I'm good at reading people quickly and understanding based on body language and what they're saying and if they're egotistic and a, a multitude of factors if I should listen to what they're saying to me, if, if sure. there's truth in what they're saying. Yeah. Um, and I actually almost keep like a scale in my head of how much to even take their word at, at you know, um, you know, how much to actually take their word as truth um, for each person that I meet. And I think that's the hardest thing currently, um, which is, it's funny because I saw Jason on Obsessed Garage's, um, his, their wet sanding and polishing course that they, or the video series that they did. And I was like, well, that guy clearly knows what he's talking about because I'm watching it. Uh, And then in Steve's case, he was just so much like, like screw you guys i know exactly what i'm doing and he and the work was speaking for itself mm-hmm. so i signed up for the class and then sh- turns out jason's actually there teaching I go, what the heck i found the two greatest guys you know or sure. some of the two of the most extreme top guys in the industry yeah. and uh in two days like i said yeah. did more than any rupes training i'm not even picking on them rupes or or any big conglomerate that's selling a product or a service why are they training you because right. they're selling something that's behind it Rupes right. pads only work on Rupes polishers and the balancing and all that stuff. And I'm going to say it because it's just the truth. And sure. I don't care, you know, and Jason's a prime example. The guy can take a, a rotary from Harbor Freight. Freight, Harbor Freight and do 10 times better work than I can with a Rupes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. anyways, that's a, a gripe that I have with the industry because there's not no, enough. You bring up a really good point and it's and it's honest, you know, and I think that there's, you know, it's one thing if you're trying to push and market a specific tool or a liquid or something like that. But like a lot of these big companies, corporations and brands, they're not, they're not doing complete cars like we are, you know what I mean? And so because of that, there's this, this, there's somewhat of a disconnect and it's like, you can't necessarily fault them for no. that. Right. Like, it's like and not like, not like that they're putting out bad information. It's just different. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily real world day-to-day stuff i mean it's it's still good information 
but it's not like some of the things that we encounter on a day-to-day basis. Maybe it's a good way to get started. Like you said, you know, RJ, you're not trying to bash on them, but you know, kind of though, cause they told me that I could only use Rupes pads with their polishers. And I was like, and this is, I, this is a, I don't know if it was Todd Helm. Um, and I get it. That's his job. But at the same time, when I went out and trained with Jason and, and Steve, they said, you can use any, you know, there's a multitude of products. And I went out and I bought every product that we use that weekend. Why? Sure. Because they weren't selling them. And they said, that's what works. And you can mix and match. And it's all about, right. you know, the, the situation you're in, not the products that you're using. And right. I, I, like I said, I understand their business model, but I would be more inclined to buy a product from you. If you said, Hey, there's a hundred other products, but I'm here right now showing you how this one works. You can use a bunch of different ones. You can mix and match, blah, blah, blah. But here's how our technology works. And we think that it's it's quality. And this is what we're, we're teaching you and how we're teaching you to use it. And I would say, okay, they're being honest. They said there's other stuff that's out there that's mm-hmm. good. But sure. I'm making Transparency. a connection. Yes. That's all I want. That's all I want in this world. I mean, you can't find anywhere. But, uh, you know, RJ, that's people. It's part of the reason I got out of the world of selling professional detailing supplies is because, you know, we were trying to hold up our, our amends and our quotas with everyone. You know, we were selling 3M, Meguiar's, Technician's Choice, Ardex, AIM, um, you know, and it's just like we had all these different products and everybody's got their own agenda. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to make all these people happy and meet all their quotas. And, and then you end up finding you don't make anybody happy. In fact, you let everybody down, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that that comes down to the, and I say this all the time and I, I, I am glad I'm not a beginner in the detailing world because <laughs> there's so much redundant stuff out there and we could go on until we're blue in the face. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, another spin of this person's thing. So I, I don't like when anybody, right. Like what do they say in, uh, uh, in star Wars, like only, only the Sith speak in absolutes. Like you absolutely should only do this. You know, <laughs> it's like, come on. Much like, more gray area than, it's, than yeah, people realize. Yeah. And it's For like, sure. I mean, it's like, come on. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, we're detailing cars, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some better products and some better systems and some better methods. But at the end of the day, you don't need to just bash on someone because they're doing it one way. And it's just, it, it, it's, it's, it's really strange. You know, the, <laughs> the only thing that really matters is the results. Not yeah, my opinion, right, not Jason. your opinion or RJ's opinion. That doesn't yeah. matter. If yeah. the results speak for themselves at the end yes. of the day, that's all that truly matters. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I don't care how you I would take it. it a step farther. I guess results is a good way, but I would say the information given to the customer and then the results met that the cust, you know, the expectations that the customer had. If mm-hmm. you do, if you can set the expectations and meet them, I, mm-hmm. I personally set the expectations and try and do 10% more. I think that's mm-hmm. a good rule of thumb. Yeah. Um, I agree. Uh, it, it, you know, a, a, a under promise over delivered and, and yeah. it's worked you know, great. But I think, um, I think that's, you know, kind of the motto that I've tried to live by. You talked well, on a really good point, RJ. RJ, Sorry, it's, that's okay. It's like that Volkswagen we did. That far exceeded any expectations anybody had. Mm-hmm. Was it far from perfect? Absolutely. It wasn't even close. But what we were able to do to it in the amount of time we were able to do it in exceeded any expectation. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, it wasn't perfect. Was it coding worthy? I don't know. 
Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But that's not the point. The point is it was better than we expected. Mm -hmm. Case closed. Yeah, yeah. So many detailers think too much. Yeah. They think about if they post a picture or say something online, they're going to get blasted, not by the customer, but by other detailers all the way across the country. They're never going to see that car. So in reality, who cares? Yeah, it's, you're right, Jason. I mean, that's that kind of wraps up. I mean, we could almost like kind of wrap up this podcast in that. You're, you're a thousand percent right. Like all that matters is the the person that's paying you for the service. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a detailer, like my opinion on what you did or your opinion or RJ's opinion, mm -hmm. like, like all that matters is if you have a happy customer. Mm -hmm. And if you, you did a quality job, you know, mm -hmm. um, and transparency, we talked about that earlier in this episode yeah. of transparency, just being honest with people, like mm -hmm. there's no shame in saying, Hey, you know what? Um, sorry, Mrs. Smith, you know, like this stain in your carpet, it's pretty bad. It's not going to come out. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to scrub it. It's going to look better, but it's not going to be how it's not going to look like new, you know, additionally with this. And so I, I feel like a lot of times we, we detailers tend to lack the confidence in some aspects to actually do the job, but mm -hmm. more importantly, set the tone of the conversation and really lay that landscape out and say, this is how the, how it's going to go. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you're the service provider, but with confidence, with not, confidence. not lacking confidence because that sets a tone for the customer. I've yes. seen it. I've, yeah. I've, I've been to shops, Right. Um, training where a customer comes in and we have to have a conversation after that very difficult conversation with mm -hmm. the customer. I'm like, you just lost that job or you lost confidence. The customer knows it. You know it. I know it. So right there being said, you just lost. Yeah. Instead of saying, I can't get that out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's totally. the same Once that's the same thing I said with Jeremy on that back wing of that Grand yeah. National. Yeah. Kilmer, can you get that out? Yep. Nope. nope. Not even going to try. Yeah. <laughs> Once you do get to the point uh, where you're confident in your knowledge, the industry, your own skills, and uh, confident also in your ability to make it hourly, uh, mm -hmm. that is worth your time, worth your time away from friends and family, worth your time um, away from other you know aspects of your life that you enjoy. Once you have the confidence and also when you really understand that 99.9% .9 of people won't know what the heck you're talking about. Right. And they just want totally a shiny true. car. But if you can show them very quickly, Hey, listen, this is what three K cut and polish looks like. This is what a simple polish looks like. What's the purpose for your car? How do you maintain it? Let's set the expectations immediately. And yes. then you can say any price you want because there's no one else. It's actually, once you are confident as a high end detailer, it's easy to get quality work because <laughs> Uh, if you can market yourself, if you can get in front of the people, but because there's so many other bad detail shops in your, in every area. And mm -hmm. I, I hope the tide, you know, rises and all the boats rise with it. But, um, until then it's actually kind of easy to, to become a great, mm -hmm. uh, business, uh, a great detail Absolutely. business in your area. And the only thing, the only thing that I would touch on with what you just said, RJ was like, know when to say no, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, and it, and I think. I think just in general in life and in, in business, like people are afraid to tell the customer no, mm -hmm. right? We're like afraid of what they might say or might, what they might, how they might react. But I, I feel like 
And I can relate to that. I mean, as long as I've been detailing, there's so many times where I've let the customer kind of control dictate, dictate Mm -hmm. in the old Mm -hmm. days. But now I'm like, I'm done with all that. Mm -hmm. I don't have time for that. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I because I know my I know what I'm talking about (laughs) and I'm not going to get taken advantage of and I'm not going to let somebody walk over and be like, no, like. And so if if someone challenges me, I'm going to respectfully tell them why. You know, and mm-hmm. put them in their place. You're on, right. On a respectful level, not like You're I'm right. trying to bash them. You You're know? right. Shake your hand, the... say thank you. This yep. isn't going to be the job for me. And you yep. know, uh, I can refer you to another detailer unless he's yep. really bad. Then you can just say, you know, best yep. of luck finding someone to do what you want. Because at the end of the day, when we take those jobs on, mm-hmm. what are they? They're complete nightmares. Mm-hmm. So it would have been better off to not take it at all. Mm-hmm. Too many detailers including myself, cater to 20% of our customers, mm-hmm. not the other 80. Yeah. The 20% take up all of our time and you get higher up like I've been, it's 10%. Sure. It's like negative comments on a YouTube video. Those are the ones that you want to say something back to, even it's though the ratio is 10 to 1. Mm-hmm. And there's 10 people who said something kind and one person who said something that was nasty. And your gut instinct as a human is you want to Lash come out. back with vitriol. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's 10 other people that said, great job. And, and we love your videos. And, and you mm-hmm. just disrespected all of them because one guy had something to spew at you that that touched a nerve. Um, and we learned very quickly that the comments, good or bad, honestly, uh, don't matter all that much because um, it's just not, uh, it's, it's, you know, what do they say? The, 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 the best things that are said about you and the worst things about that, that are said about you mean absolutely nothing well it's like the comment i read it rj on the tire okay (laughs) we cleaned the tire it wasn't new it looked it looked really good and it looked new but it wasn't new and the guy's like it's fake what's fake about it it's a tire and even if it was fake it's a tire who cares regardless (laughs) it's like you're gonna complain about a tire are you serious Come I've on. never commented something negative on a YouTube video in my life. So I can't, I don't, who does that? So I don't I, take their opinion um, as, 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 as word. As you know, word. it's it, the funniest comment I, I saw was about me on one of Matt Mormon's <laughs> videos, right? It was, man, that guy sounds like he's stoned. Okay. I grant it. I do. My eye twitch is on the left because I can't see out of it. Like I'm not, I'm not going to argue with the ju- guy or a girl or whoever, because he's right. I do I do sound like I'm stoned a lot, and I do look funny, okay? But I, it, it's a waste of my time to even comment, right? But that's you. That's your persona. That's what's yeah. inherent to you individually, and no one else has. And um, it, it, I mean, exactly. that's why we hit it off, not because you, you have your strong hand and your, your eye. <laughs> that's my strong hand. Man, hold my strong hand. It's that. scared. <laughs> it's that with the personality, which is why I was like, yeah, I want Jason to come out here. I want to, you know, I, I want to continue to, to grow as friends. And you live across mm-hmm. the whole entire country. So the fact that you yeah. flew out and we had a great week. Oh, um, it was fabulous. And I knew, fabulous. and I had no preconception that it wasn't going to be great. Yeah. But, no. um, you know, and, and now, uh, you know, with on the podcast with Maddie and the fact that you guys are doing this, I just, I have such high hopes for what, um, where I think this industry will go over the next 10 years, two decades or so. Um, and I really think sure. that um, with uh, with people looking to help 
as much as possible. I try to help detailers around here as much as possible because the more people that can express more information to the general public, it raises the whole industry. And that's what you guys are doing with this podcast. And it's, it's awesome. I, I can't wait to see what's, where well, it all goes. I'll tell you this. It just made me think of something as we get close to kind of wrapping this up, you know, in my years of sales and, and I, I've got to deal with you know, really big organizations that would spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to the little guy that only, you know, purchased, you know, from me two to three times a year, you know, mm-hmm. to 200 bucks. And I used to have this old customer, uh, Greg, if he ever mm-hmm. listens to this podcast, Greg from Magic Motors, super cool guy, used car salesman, you know, small used car lot. He had about, um, you know, usually between 30 to 50 cars for sale. And it was a buy here, pay here thing. Family run operation. They used to buy all the recon stuff for me because they had their own crew of guys cleaning it up. He had seven employees, but... I remember Greg saying this thing, and I think I may have quoted this before, but he he one time said to me, um, I pulled up with the truck and they were, he, you know, like I was there to sell them stuff. It, I used to see them every other week on a Wednesday. And I pulled up and there was like a confrontation between him and a customer. There was this debacle, but they were yelling at each other. And so I was kind of like, you know, off in the corner, kind of just like waiting patiently for the dust to settle so I could go talk to Greg. And so this, you know, they have this dust up, customer leaves. I go, I start talking to Greg. He's venting to me, oh, this and that, right? And he said this thing that sticks to me till this day. and, 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 um, And basically the long and short of it was no deal is better than a bad deal. And he's like, this guy doesn't have any money. He doesn't have any credit and he doesn't have, you know, and he wants to buy this car. And I know that it's going to turn out to be a bad deal. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't want the deal. Mm -hmm. And it turned into that, this, that disgruntled thing that I witnessed in point. And so I think about that a lot that, you know, this was 15 years ago. And I think about that all the time with my, my interaction with my clients where I'm like, I can, I can sense, Mm-hmm. those people and I can smell them a mile away mm-hmm. and I would rather have no deal than a bad deal. And, and I think what we were just talking about before, like, it's okay to say no, mm-hmm. you know, like, because it might be uncomfortable in that one moment that you end up saying no to that person. But if you say yes, and it's awkward all the way through while you're working on the car, while the customer comes to take delivery of the car, that's not good for anybody. No, you know, mm-hmm. And, and I, I just, I think that that's valuable, like being able to, for us as detailers to kind of respectfully hold our ground. Right? And that's what I hope that you guys are able to do through the podcast is, is basically give the, give detailers the confidence yes. that takes 10 years of, uh, yes. slave labor to get to, to where you actually know the type of customer you want and yeah you know exactly who you don't want and you recognize it immediately and it still takes time. But if there's yeah. people saying like, mm-hmm. you know, we can get into the weeds, I'm sure in, in future podcasts, but yes. um, that is, I, I think it changes the burnout rate. It changes the way yeah. that people perceive detailers. It changes the customers and the expectations. Sure. And there's going to be a, a split between yes. volume shops and high end shops. And then eventually the volume will reach the high end shops. Yes. And you know, then eventually it won't be just a, a wash, a spray wax and a vacuum on the interior. That's a detail. It will be the baseline detail will be a one-step polish and an interior blowout and, and wipe down, you know, it'll be more, everything will become bigger and, and, and better. Well, I would say RJ, it gives me hope like hearing you talk like that. You know what I mean? Even though you're, 
you know, kind of a decade younger than, than Kilmer and I, but you, you know, you've got time on the job, you've got working experience. And so I think just knowing that and just being honest with ourselves and our customers, it's, it's an easy thing to do, but yet it's almost some of the hardest things to do. Yeah. It gets easy. Once it's easy, it's easy though. Correct. Especially once you establish yourself and you're confident, it becomes like, no, I'm sorry. Hey, thank you very much for the call. Um, Check out blah, blah, blah down the street. If you're looking for that kind of work, that's not what I do. Well, that's that's like, I could have been in Nebraska finishing that car out that I started. Like, but I told him, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Yeah. I would love to do that car. It's going to do awesome in the show circuit. Right. But I literally do not have the time. Don't have the time. Yeah. So it was an easy yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, look, guys, there's so much cool stuff kind of coming down the pipe. And as we get close to wrapping up this episode, I just want to thank you guys for carving out the time to do this today. And you, uh, Kilmer, was just, you know, to kick off the year was just out in Ohio. And you guys recorded some um, a, a podcast that was actually posted to the YouTube page. That's going to go live here uh, in the next couple of days on the Driven by Details page. And we wanted to kind of do this podcast just to kind of set the tone mm-hmm. for that. So, um, RJ, dude, I really appreciate you carving out some time to, to do this with us, especially last minute. You know, we're like, <laughs> I with, operate within the hour. Yeah, you know, I operate know. very last minute. So anytime, any place, anywhere, I'm there. We'll figure no, it out. That dude, that's super great. And um, more to follow with us coming out to Ohio. Uh, we have um, the the fine details of that are still coming together. I have a phone call um, this uh, at the end of this week with. Um, why, why am I drawing a blank here? With Nick? Nick? Yes, with Nick. That's the guy you need to talk to. I know. Yeah, I talked to him this morning, actually, um, and I dropped the ball on a meeting. I was supposed to go out there, uh, okay. a G-Tech meeting tomorrow. Anyways, Nick's the guy because he'll push uh, the owners who are a little bit on the older side um, of, uh, to actually get it done. Nick's got his ear to the street, and then he'll he'll listen. He's a cool – he's a good guy. So Yeah. Well, no, I, we, I'm excited because we're going to do that and then come up to you, RJ, and hopefully we'll get some cool projects to work oh, yeah. on while we're back there. Yeah, yeah. and unite, you know, and yeah, uh, that that's what it's all about. You know, I mean, and it, and it's working through the stuff together as a group, you know, because mm-hmm. we, you know, as we build the industry up, it's a lot of the same things that we and the pains that we experience, we all experience them together. You know, sometimes they present themselves differently, but it's still a very similar thing. So this is super cool. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're just getting going and we're really having a lot of fun with this. So, uh, Maddie, one thing to add. Yeah, tell me. You know that little secret I told you just a little bit ago? Mm-hmm. You know the secret. The secret? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. RJ, he, Maddie kind of figured out the secret. Remember that little little concoction we mixed up? Mm. Mm. color blue mm. Mm. that's a whole nother pie oh he knew <laughs> <laughs> he had an idea he had an idea but he's like man that stuff wow <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that'll be a story for the next one but i want to run this back i think there's plenty more um that uh, i could learn from you guys and and uh that and i'm sure I there's think. plenty more we can learn from you oh absolutely and uh, I, I know that for a fact I learned so much from RJ and Brent. Mm -hmm. I came back on that airplane in first class and I didn't pay for it. Mm 
just thinking about the four days of like, okay, I'm 42 years old. I'm known as one of the better detailers in the world, but I just got schooled mm-hmm. by some 30-year-olds that have been doing it. I've been doing it almost as long as they've been alive. Yeah. And I learned and took more value than I thought I gave them. Well, there you go. I mean, that's a, that's a send off right there is that, you know, and that's you having an open mind mm-hmm. and that's what ultimately makes you better is that you're willing to learn, you know, whereas other people just tend to just keep the tunnel vision and the blinders on and they don't want to pick up. We know what we know and we're afraid to learn something new. So kudos to you, Kilmer, for, you know, for having that mindset and for RJ, you know, for everybody just being, you know, wholesome and honest and just, you know, humble. And what they're yeah. doing, and know? that's why this podcast will be successful, and we'll, yes. we'll figure out how to reach as many people that are interested and willing to hear as possible. Yeah, um, and that's and, and, uh, you, you said it best, RJ. I was just mm-hmm. gonna say, and that's why we're all here, mm-hmm. right? That's and with that here. all being said, Jason, I'm 26, not 30 yet. So, Jeez. <laughs> makes <laughs> me even feel older. <laughs> all right, Golly. Uh, guys. I was gonna say mic drop on that. Hey, <laughs> but I have more hair than you, RJ. You do, you do. <laughs> I, you, I was 20 years old, man. Lost it all. Oh, that's okay. You're doing well, my friend. I'm very proud of you. Very yeah, proud. I, of you. I had to grow into that too. So lots of growth. <laughs> well, guys, I appreciate everybody carving out time for this today. And RJ, I look forward to actually seeing you in the flesh later in the year. <laughs> that sounds uh, yeah. funny, but okay. <laughs> right? Like, well, not... Hopefully, looking forward to seeing you in person later in the year. But um, this is cool. We're going to air uh, this podcast later in the month of January, along with the one that Jason and Brent did uh, out in Ohio to kick off the new year. So, um, guys, thank you for listening. Um, check us out at uh, Driven by Details. You can watch some videos on the YouTube page. And of course, you can check out this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and more platforms coming soon. And if you haven't checked out WD Detailing on YouTube, go check it out. It's the real deal. Yeah, for sure. There's so many awesome videos that you can kind of like definitely consume weeks or months of watching some disaster details and more right it's addicting mm-hmm. it, it is yes, addicting. it is addicting i was before we sign off when we were in michigan i was watching the youtube videos in the hotel room before we were going to bed and that was like i it's pulled me in I'm like <laughs> yeah watching yeah. this one watching that one and it, it is it's it's super cool so great job to you guys uh rj keep up the great work and um, I look forward to seeing some more videos this future. I appreciate um, appreciate you being on the podcast today. Thank you. And um, I guess we'll sign off for this episode. All right, guys? Sounds good. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Right. Cheers. Thank right. you. We'll see you guys all very soon. Keep up the good work. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye.